Exodus chapter 6. Last two weeks we've been talking about the family that fights. The family that fights. And we're so thankful that doesn't mean that we fight amongst ourselves. But we are fighting an enemy today. And I want to, I just want to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag, guys. We're going to win. We're going to be victorious. We're going to have a culture of victory at AU. Because in the kingdom of God, God is going to bring the victory. You read Revelation 22, Mary. The outcome is not in doubt. The way that we get there is open to participation. It's open to discussion. It's open to uh, being changed. But the outcome is unchangeable. Christ is going to be hailed as the eternal and final victor. And if we stay in His church, we're going to be victorious together. Amen? Exodus 6 and 26 says, These are that Aaron and Moses, to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. Now, I wouldn't want to bore you today, and there's a whole list of people listed in this chapter, and they're actually listed by families, which is the connection of families that fight. But God called these families armies. Think about it. They didn't have a single spear. They didn't have a single sword. One day before the Passover, they were all slaves. But God called freed slaves soldiers. And God made a prophecy that as they walked out by families, they were going to be mighty armies. And I want to tell you today that as I look at you, I see a lot of people that have been bound by many things, but you are free in the spirit today. And although we may not be thousands, we have an outsized influence on our culture because of the holy power of God that is resident inside of us. And when I look at you, I see families, but I'm also seeing warriors and armies of how God is going to use you and he's going to use me to accomplish his purpose. Why don't you put your Bibles and phones down? Let's lift our hands and let's worship the Lord of hosts today for everything that he's going to do. God, we're giving you thanks. We're giving you honor. We're giving you glory because we have the privilege today to be part of your army. We have the privilege today to be part of your victory. We have the privilege to be part of your glorious triumph in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Praise God. The family that fights God's chosen means of transforming the world and advancing his kingdom is through the church. We are a family of believers that belongs to him and we belong to each other. That comprises an army that will defeat every evil principality and power and bring all things under subjection to Christ. I want to repeat the last portion of that thematic statement today. I believe that the Lord through us is going to defeat every evil principality and power. I want Satan to have to hear that today. Every evil principality and every evil spirit and every power that exalts itself against the kingdom of Christ is coming down. It is going to be under our feet. The God of all peace is going to place Satan under our feet and bruise his head shortly because we are going to be victorious. Everything in this city is going to be under subjection to our Lord and our Christ. His name is Jesus. As we exalt him high, 
we push down the problems that we have. As we lift Him up, then we make all things to come under His feet in our lives. We appropriate that cosmic uh, projection of sovereignty that He has, and we take it upon ourselves. And we say, Lord, I know You're Lord over the universe, but I'm going to make You Lord over me. I know You rule the storms and the waves, but I'm going to invite You to rule my problems. I know that You're King of the heavens, but God, I want You to be King of my living room and my breakfast nook. We bring the authority of Christ to our lives when we worship Him above all else. The family is foundational in its importance in God's plan. We talked about it the last two weeks. Through the family, we experience something called consecration. If you guys can bring up that first uh, PowerPoint slide. There are three elements to any functional family that is walking in the Spirit together. And one of those is communication. We haven't spent a lot of time teaching about communication, but um, we have a, a couple of, of lessons in a series on effective family communication. I'll suffice it to say this. Healthy families communicate, and unhealthy families don't communicate. That is true in your home, and it's true in your church. Guys, it is not a lack of submission when you ask a question of leadership. That's not bad. It is okay to say, you know what, I, I would love to do this on this day, but I've got something going on. Can I do it on another day? Communication helps us. It's okay to communicate uh, what our needs and our desires are with one another. Let me tell you, I'd love to, to pretend, or maybe you're, well, I don't want to pretend, but I wish I were so spiritual that I always knew when you have a need. And God may help me to understand some things, and I may send you a text on a day when you really need it. I may give you a phone call on a day when you really need it. If I'm talking exactly right, and I haven't kicked the dog or yelled at the kids, and if I'm having a good day. But you know what? If you'll communicate to me what's going on in your life, it will help me. If you'll say, hey, I need prayer today, I promise you every time you'll do that, I'll pray. Because communication helps me to be better as a brother in your life and, and you guys as brothers and sisters to me. Is that a simple illustration? Everybody got that? Amen. Communication is important. Uh, consistency is important. It's important to be consistent with one another in our homes and in our church life. But finally, the element of consecration. God's desire is to transform us individually and corporately. And the next slide shows that God brings us to holiness in a number of ways. When we first experience the covenant of Christ through the new birth experience, Jim, he offers us justification. And justification is an individual thing, and it is instantaneous. Immediately when you repent of your sins, and you say, Lord, I am sorry, and I'm going to turn around, you are made morally righteous with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. When his blood is applied in baptism in water and his name is called over you, Willie, when that happened, you became as righteous before the Lord as any saint who has ever walked the face of the earth. Instantaneously, you were counted righteous in Christ because Jesus took on your sin and he gave you his righteousness. That's called justification. It happens immediately. If you slip up even after baptism, even after the infilling of the Spirit, and you say something you shouldn't say, you watch something you shouldn't watch, or you hear something, or you gossip about somebody, or you have a bad attitude, or your anger flares up, or your pride shows itself, 
You don't have to live a year to feel righteous again. All you've got to do is go before the throne of mercy and say, Lord, I messed up. I need you to help me. And he'll wash you again. And you can be instantaneously cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? I've had to rely on that many times. That's called justification. But sanctification doesn't happen in a moment. And that, Sheila, is how God applies his holiness to our life over the long haul. We are made legally righteous before God through Christ immediately by justification. But it takes God a lifetime to sanctify us through his spirit to where we're morally righteous before him. When we're justified, we take on Jesus' righteousness. But when we are sanctified, we take on Jesus' character through the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When we are sanctified, we begin to grow fruit. And how many of you know fruit doesn't grow like that? You can go by Kroger and pick some up. But if you're going to have a, a peach tree in the backyard, it's going to take a season or two before you see the fruit that grows. That's like sanctification. It takes a while in our lives. Sanctification is an individual process that God does. But consecration is a process of this moral holiness that grows in our lives and it comes corporately through the interaction with a family. Just like the word family, consecration is used more often in the Old Testament than in the New and it is used in the context, it's used in the context of a corporate nature of families. The Hebrew word for consecration is male. It means to be fenced in or to have holy, W. H-O-L-L-Y. You know, if you want to be holy, H-O-L-Y, before God, a good start is to give yourself holy to Him, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Being holy for an hour on Sunday doesn't really affect all of our lives. But when we give ourselves holy to Him, then He allows us to be set apart for his glory. This idea of fencing in is important in scripture. We don't build fences. Hear me, hear me, hear me. We don't build fences to keep the family in. Fences are not here to restrict your freedom as a Christian. We don't put fences around the people of God so that you won't get out and do something you're not supposed to do. We keep up fences to keep the marauders out. We put up fences around a sheepfold. A sheepfold is not to imprison the sheep. It is to protect the sheep from wolves. And when we set up boundaries and say, let's don't do this, let's don't say this, let's don't act that way, let's don't think that way, those fences are there to help us to be consecrated together. In the Bible, when consecration was mentioned in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 32 and 29, it encouraged fathers and brothers to consecrate themselves in a family context. Being a part of a family in your home and at our church should encourage us to desire holiness. I will be honest with you. I don't always think the best thoughts or have the best attitude. But when I look at my wife and when I look at my kids, I want to be holy because they deserve a good father. They deserve, she deserves a good husband. And I may not always feel the best, but when I get to this church and I look at you, I want to be holy and I want to be consecrated because you deserve a good brother. And when I look at you, I hope you're motivated because that's what the Bible tells us to do in Hebrews 10 and 19 and 24 when it's talking about the consecration of Jesus and how he makes a new and living way for us. It says, therefore, we can 
can do these things. We can come boldly to God, we can draw near, and we can hold fast the profession of our faith that we can consider one another and provoke one another to love and good works. Part of the reason that we gather together as a family of God every Sunday, part of the reason that we get together digitally on Thursday nights is because we want to understand that we should consider one another. If I get weak in my spirit, if I get weary in my spirit, sometimes, Jim, I'm going to think of you and it's going to keep me going. Sometimes when I think that that I'm not getting through and that my life is of no consequence, I'm going to remember you, Scott, and I'm going to remember that you're my friend and it's going to encourage me to keep going. I may not feel like doing my best one day, but Willie, if I remember you, I may look at you and say, Willie's depending on me. I I need to be a good friend to Willie. I need to be a good Christian. We consider one another and it provokes us to love and to good works. I'm so thankful for a church family that motivates me to live my best life for Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for a church family that motivates me to keep going further and to get better for Jesus Christ. The reasons that God created the family was for consecration and to bring his providence and his governmental anointing to the earth. We said last week, dominion brings the power and sovereignty of God into every aspect of our lives. And dominion is a family multi-generational concept. God desires that each of our successive generations know him in a greater and more wonderful capacity. So Preston and Alexandria and, and uh, you guys represent, uh, you represent a generation of young people. Jay, you represent a generation of young people. And then finally, we got even the little guys back there. And I want to hand to them something that is not dying. I want to hand to, to, to my children something that is not falling away. But I want to hand them a red hot Holy Ghost revival that is having a culture shifting impact on our city. And I want to hand them a consecration that matters. Amen. Church is designed to be a place of safety, security, belonging, trust, and protection. Paul referenced that family of God in Ephesians 3 and 15. We talked about it last week. We call each other brother and sister around here. And it's not just to be a formality. It is to be a reality. Brother, Brother Jay, I really don't care if you call me Dr. Jackson. I don't care if you call me Brother Jackson. You can call me pastor. You can call me uh, wrong plugger upper of the sustain pedal. I don't care what it, you call me Clay. You, I don't like William, so please don't use that too much in my legal name. But you know what? I really don't care if you call me brother, but it matters a great deal to me if you treat me as a brother. Because when we treat each other like family, we've gone a long way to making a church where everybody feels welcome. If we treat everybody like family, we go a long way to making sure that everybody has a chance to getting to the foot of the cross. Did you know that one of the root words of kindness, you can't spell kindness without K-I-N at the front, Ken. If I wanna be kind to you, Willie, one of the ways to do that is to believe that you're my kinfolk and you're my family. I may get mad at you, but I'm not going to sell you out. I I may get upset at you, but I'm going to forgive you because you're my brother. And that's the way it needs to be in the church of the living God. We need to love one another and be kind to one another because not because somebody said we have to, not because somebody's going to get mad if we don't, but because we love one another and we're brothers and we are sisters. How to create a family. We're going to ensure that everyone has an intimate relationship with the Father. Our leaders are going to model parental leadership styles. That means they're going to be nurturing and caring for people, not autocratic and despotic and dictator-like. We're going to relate to each other with purpose. 
We're not just going to get together and eat ice cream to eat ice cream. That's, that's good. That'll bless you. But we're going to get together because fellowship is part of the people of God. That's what we do together. We're going to emphasize love for one another. Yes, we're going to encourage one another to good works. But we're going to love each other first and foremost. And we're going to focus on creating, nurturing, maturing, and releasing children. We're going to merge the generations of the church in an intergenerational revival so that we learn the principle of fighting together as a family, becoming a multi-generational army. And in last week's text from Isaiah, we read where the fathers and the sons and the daughters, the wives, were working together and fighting together to build that wall. You remember when... Scott was up here, as I mentioned, and he had his family behind him. And and Zerubbabel and Ezra had built the temple, but now there was this opposition, and so they were building a wall. There's always going to be opposition to you if you follow God's commands. Choosing the, if you want an easy life, don't choose Christianity because there's going to be persecution. There's going to be trouble. There are going to be opposition that comes against you. If you never experience any opposition, it's because you're floating with the current. You're not swimming against the stream. But when you step into the stream of the Spirit, you're going to feel the current of opposition against you. But Jesus said, in this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I want to encourage the church today as we fight together. I'm going to talk about warfare, but we're going to win the war. We're going to be victorious because we have Christ and he is all time undefeated. He has never been defeated. He will never be defeated. He is the captain of our salvation. And if you're serving in his army, you're going to win. You're going to have the victory. You're going to be victorious in Christ. We have that kind of opposition in our culture today. We have people who say that we are phobic if we call out sin. We have people who say that we're narrow-minded if we say that the Bible contains the wisdom of the ages. We have people who say that uh, if we stand up for families, that we're standing against other people. But I want to tell you that as they were putting those bricks in that wall, they were doing it because they believed in the God of that wall. And they believed in the God of that temple. And what we're doing today is more than a civic organization. It's more than a philanthropic activity. It's more than just a good place to come to and feel here lectures and feel better about one another because we have fellowship. But what we're building is the most important entity in Arlington because it is a hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is coming in the power of the Spirit to share the love of God with our community, and that matters more than anything else. We're building something valuable. Nehemiah set those warriors on the wall with the family behind them. He put the men at the low points of the wall. Yes, they got shot at, but they were protecting people behind them, and with that kind of commitment, the wall was built in 52 days. I don't mean to outshine Nehemiah. I don't know how long that wall was, but we're going to get in the new church in less than 52 days. So it may not be as grand a structure, but we're going to beat their time. And God's going to help us, and we're going to get this accomplished. We are a family, yes, but we're also an army. We're building a temple. We're building a wall of protection around the things of God in our lives. And we are building a place of security in Christ. But we are not only 
building a place of security. We are leaving that place of security together to march out and God is going to give us a territory of victory. This church that meets here, it's powerful. It's anointed. When we move to the east side of the square, it's going to be even more powerful. It's going to be even more anointed. But I'm telling you, that's not near the anointing and the power that Arlington is going to experience when we close the service and we open the doors and we walk out under the square and we walk out into our, our workplaces, our schools, our homes, our neighborhoods, and where we are. And God is going to bless the community because when we gather together, we're a family. But when the doors open, we're an army and we're going out to wreak havoc on Satan's kingdom. Satan's kingdom is coming down as Christ's kingdom comes to Arlington through his family and his people of God that are doing the work of God for the place of God to bring the rule of God to our city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said we're going to be victorious. There's no sickness that can stand against the name of Jesus. There's no sin that's so great that he won't forgive. There's no hatred that won't fall in the command of the name of Jesus. There's no heart that can't be opened by his touch. We are undefeatable if we stand in Christ. If we stand together and we are unified, we cannot be defeated. Exodus 6 and 26, God called those one-day-old freed slaves an army without a spear, without a sword, without a weapon, without a chariot, without any horses. God said, you're an army. Why? Because they were a family that believes. God has a lot more problem getting people unified than he does getting them weaponized. God has a lot more problem keeping people together than he has getting people the victory. Let me tell you something. If you keep the unity that's in this room today, the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, victory's no problem for Jesus Christ. He can send victory to your house. He can send victory to your family. He can send victory to your home. He can send victory to our city. If we'll stay unified as a family, God will give us victory as an army. We talked about ways we're gonna create a family. Here's how we're gonna create an army. We're gonna raise the bar of discipleship. We're not gonna lower it. We're gonna make the entry level fine for everybody. But let me tell you, we're gonna have a challenge for every person in this church. Even Pastor Ellingsworth, he's gonna find a challenge here because every person that's in Christ is gonna grow greater in Christ as we become the army. Eisenhower commanded the allied force, but he still had improvement and ways to grow in order to make that army. And all the way from Eisenhower down to the lowest private, they had, they had to, to be together to win the victory. So it is in the kingdom of God. There's no big I. There's no little you. There's no you're a five star and you're this. We're all going to grow together because the bar of discipleship is going to be raised for all of us as we bring the victory of God to the people of Arlington. We're going to train you in the nature and use of your spiritual weapons. We're going to share strategy for kingdom advancement that encompasses every arena of life. We are going to speak, hear me, and we are going to live in a culture of victory rather than a culture of defeat. I know chat life has challenges. I know things come against us, but let me tell you something. If you don't want to be a part of a church where faith is preached, then find somewhere else because we are going to preach faith around here. We're going to preach victory around here. We're going to live in victory around here. We're going to live in God's plan for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, I have down days. I don't always look like I stuck my finger in a light socket. But when the anointing gets on me, I can't help it. 
I've got zeal today, but I'm going to tell you something. Whether I feel up here or whether I feel down here, that doesn't change God's victory in my life. It doesn't change what he's going to do in your home. It doesn't change what he's doing in our families. It doesn't change what he's doing in our city. God is bringing victory in Christ in his church. We're an army today, a tribe, group of families formed into one's family, one army marching forward from bondage into freedom. But as we march out of here into victory, I've got great news for the people that we meet. They're not our enemies. The the Black Lives Matter movement is not my enemy. The Blue Lives Matter movement is not my enemy. The All Lives Matter is not my uh, movement. It's not my enemy. The Republicans aren't my enemy. The Democrats aren't my enemy. Uh, Ms., uh, Mr., Mr. Biden and, and Ms. Uh, Harris and Mr. Trump and Mr. Pence, they're not my enemies. Ms. Pelosi, Mr. Schumer, whoever those political people are, those are not my enemies. But every person I meet has an open invitation to join this family and to take up this fight and to be part of the army. We're not looking to defeat people. We are looking to defeat principalities. We're not looking to push people down. We're looking to lift people up and we're going to tear down the strongholds which keep them in bondage. We're a liberating force. Sometimes I wish I had a time machine and and, and John and I share this wonderful uh, interest in history and and, and we love to talk about, I guess World War II is one of my favorite eras of history and and I was so delighted when Sister Nancy Johnson of the, of the Fountain of Truth Church in Bartlett, she, she told me the story of her grandfather who helped to liberate Madhausen uh, concentration camp. And you should hear John sometimes talk about his grandfather and the, the camps that they liberated. He was part of a, a, a tank battalion in Northern Europe. And I've often wondered what it was like to open those doors where evil had reigned and, and it murdered and killed so many people and to bring freedom and nutrition and hope and peace to those people. And I don't know what that's like, Scott, but I can tell you something. I'm going to baptize a heroin addict in the name of Jesus and God's going to bring freedom to them. I can't go to a concentration camp, but I can walk down in that city and I can find a prostitute or I can find someone who's bound by sin. I can find someone who's bound by by debt and suicidality and depression. I can find someone who's friendless and, and they're lonely and I can liberate them in the power of the Spirit. We're an army that goes forth and we may not be liberating physical prisoners but we're liberating spiritual prisoners today in the name of Jesus we're going to bring freedom to our community we're going to bring hope to our community we're going to bring victory to those we meet we're conquering territory we're setting captives free we're laying claim to ancient prophecies given to to Abraham that everywhere our feet touch is land that is owned by our father I wish every step y'all take in Mumford and Atoka, you would just whisper the name of Jesus and say, this is your town, Lord. This is your community. I wish every time you came out of your apartment, Mary, before you get in your car, you just take a little trip, a little, little loop around that parking lot and just say, Lord, this is, these are your people. Every person that lives in this complex deserves to hear gospel. And I'm going to do it. Alexander, I wish every time you set foot on the CBU campus, you would say, Lord, show me somebody because I'm part of your liberating army and you want to touch them. Willie, every house in your neighborhood deserves the victory that you feel today and we want to share that gospel in the name of Jesus. It's not us versus them. It is us for them. 
We are not against the people of the world. We are for them. But we are opposing the spirits that have them bound. And we are bringing the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ to bear in their situations. And we are going to be victorious. We are prophetic people. We are marching against the principalities and powers of this world. And we are bringing righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. These are the banners that fly over our army. These are the banners of the kingdom of God. This is the flag that we fly proudly and we are armed with the whole armor of God that we find in Ephesians 6. Yes, there are going to be battles. Yes, there are going to be attacks. Yes, they're going to lie on you. Yes, they're going to gossip about you. Yes, you're going to have reversals and you're going to have opposition, but we know the enemy's plans and that is a tremendous advantage for us. At D-Day, they, they, the, the, the 101st Airborne had dropped in and they found a plan that showed where every gun emplacement in northern France was. And although gun, the guns were still there, Scott, when you know where the enemy's coming from, it allows you to not fight fair because you got an unfair advantage. I want to say to the church today, the enemy is making his plans, but we've got an unfair advantage. We know what his devices are and we are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're going to have victory. God has shown us the enemy's plan and we are going to be victorious. In fact, my Bible says that not only we know where the guns are, the Bible says in Isaiah 54 that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I've got news for the enemy today. Whatever you bring against this church, it's going to fail. Whatever you bring against the families that are in this church, it's going to fail because we are going to have victory in Christ Jesus. Stand with me today. We have the captain of our salvation himself, Jesus Christ. He is undefeated. And it doesn't matter whether we're low or whether we're high. He is high and exalted above every situation, above every enemy, above every challenge. And He is the Lord of hosts and He will not fail. He will dispatch legions of angels to assist us in doing His bidding and ushering in the victory of His kingdom. Jim, He's going to send those angels to your house up there in Tipton County. Mary, he's going to send it to the apartment complex. Scott, he's going to send it to your street. Candace, he's going to send it to your work. Kayla, he's going to send it to your business and what you're doing uh, and your new ventures. John, he's going to bless your ministry and he's going, to, he's going to bless you. Preston, he's going to send you peace in the middle of the storm. Willie, he's going to be with you through a time of bereavement in our schools, our neighborhoods, our homes, our workplaces, our town, our community, our nation, our world. The captain of our salvation. He's going to bring the victory. It's pretty simple. All you got to do, all you got to do is stay in the family. All you got to do is be part of the army. And God is going to bring the victory. victory. My faith is so so high today because, because, listen, listen, I don't have any any problem problem with God. Every time I've been in the movie, I have seen God bring victory. My only challenge is recognizing that we need to be a family. And what I feel that has grown, especially during these last few months of COVID, what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned to good. And we have a family that is stronger than ever before. And God is about to unleash 
his victorious power through us, and Arlington is going to change. God is going to change. You mark my words. This is a prophetic utterance. God is going to change our city. God is going to change our community through your prayers and your intercession. Let's praise God for the victory that he's bringing today. Jana's going to sing in just a moment, but let's praise the Lord. Come on, somebody praise him with a loud voice right now. Lift up your heart. Lift up your hands. Let's praise the Lord for the victory that he's bringing. God, I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor for what you're doing today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.